Hello, and welcome to Spiritual Side Note. This is Haley, and I have one of my best friends in the world with me. This is Mary. Hi, guys. <laughs> We've given countless shout outs. Shouts out is what I was about to say. <laughs> shout outs to Mary, who lives in South Africa, but she is home for a short bit, about ready to go back mm. home, to homes, yes. to home home, to South Africa home. Um, and I wanted to steal her for a little bit to do a podcast. So we're going to give you guys a fair warning. This may include a lot of giggling because it did pre-podcast. <laughs> yeah. Lots of giggling. Um, <laughs> but if you know Mary, that will just like tickle your heart because your laugh is <laughs> contagious and it's so wonderful. Aww. So Mary and I um, have been friends for, oh goodness, when did we even officially meet? Like four think- years ago five years um, ago five i think i joined the small group that you and shay did in your living room in november of 2017 it's almost five years ago you old girl whoa that's wow. awesome it is and but i feel like I, i've known so you my whole life right i feel the same and we knew each other briefly in that um small group but then i feel like most of our friendship has actually been long distance and it's one mm-hmm. of the strongest friendships I have and mm. we've done most of our lives together separately. Yeah. <laughs> and actually Athelia Athelia like kinda knew Mary before Mary left, but really only knows Mary through me talking about Mary and having yeah. her picture on her fridge. And when we <laughs> drove away from the church today, she was like, You're never gonna be friends with me. <laughs> Like when we're far, and I was like, "Hey, our whole friendship is far. It's okay." But she was just so concerned. You will never be friends with Mary, and I was like, "We've been friends for a while, yeah, a long, long distance. It's, it's okay." It was so so cute. Um, but I do remember so many people mentioning Mary Veltman, like over and over and over again. And then Sarah was in our small group, and she had gone mm-hmm. on an overseas trip with you and was telling me all about it. But I couldn't picture you because I didn't know who you were. And then I, like, met you, and I was like, oh, this is why everyone's talking about Mary. (laughs) Mary is contagious. Her joy is contagious. She's one of the most intentional people I know, one of the most disciplined people I know, and real. Like, Mary in no way is ever going to pretend like she's perfect, but it's one of the things I love about you because your humility is just huge. Um, But she presses into hard things often um and does it without pointing fingers and without sitting in shame and guilt though that is a part of your story too like you and I have talked Mm. about that like we both have struggled with with similar things in our stories not all of the things are similar but like some of them where there's just been like guilt and shame and Mm. yet like you learn to lay that at the feet of Jesus and you do that well um that's just like a little tiny tiny bit about Mary Uh, Mary is also an incredible writer you may or may not know that um God has gifted her with words and she's incredible at talking <laughs> before but I, we started recording this you said to me what did you say you're just such you're a just great really good at talking talking and i was like i feel like that's kind of a backhanded compliment <laughs> like i want to say thank you and ouch at the same time <laughs> ouch thanks but what i mean when i say that is mary's words are um you're just gifted with words not just in writing but mm-hmm. in how you like communicate things actually Mary and I I think one of the ways we connected at first is having deep conversations we were both using metaphorical pictures um so I feel like that's a big part of the way that Mary communicates like her heart and what Jesus is teaching her so that being said um we're just gonna jump into I don't know how many things today (laughs) um but I wanted first Mary to give us a little bit about 
yourself. Tell, mm-hmm. Just tell everyone like where you live and kind of what your job is now and why you were back home. And then give us like a couple of fun facts about yourself. Like what do you like to do in South Africa? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What's like your favorite food there? What, what did you want to be when you were growing up? <laughs> that kind of thing that we can like just get a little snippet. <laughs> okay, cool. So I work with an organization called Extreme Response International. And we're very passionate about education reinforcement, leadership training, and life skills training. And I work in Fishhook, South Africa, in a program called the Dream Center. And we focus on education reinforcement for children at risk. It has been the biggest joy of my life. And mm. I, I'm not even 25 yet, and I literally feel like I'm living my dream. Mm. Uh, my day-to-day life is spent with a lot of kids Mm. (laughs) Um, and they they just love in big ways and they've been through hard things and it just feels like a really sacred space to come and do life with them Uh, Mm. they go to their own schools in the morning and then come to us in the afternoon and we have a meal together and we do homework and extra they always know that after they finish their homework from school they will have auntie mary homework to do (laughs) afterwards what does um, that entail? Uh, it's a lot of just reinforcing what they're learning at school mm. or uh, more often than not, not learning at school. Mm. Um, it's just a lot of extra, more intensive tutoring kinds of work. And mm. they guff and gawk at it. But at the end of the day, all of my students work really hard and I'm really proud of all of them. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been there since September of 2018. I did an internship for a year and I decided to go for a year because I didn't, I finished college. I didn't really have anything other than family tying me down to Grand Rapids. And mm. I knew overseas missions was something that I really felt the Lord calling me into. And because I was so young, instead of jumping into a massive commitment for three to five years, I was like, I can go for a year. Mm. I can do anything for a year. And if at the end I feel like I'm not meant to be there, then can leave with no hard feelings, kind of, and just really spend time plugging in outside of the honeymoon phase Mm. and just kind of get to know people and the culture better and figure out what it would actually look like to live there. Mm. So I did that for a year, and then obviously, clearly, now you can tell I'm on staff. And Mm. most people (laughs) knew before I did, I kind of hemmed and hawed and had a lot of what Mm. ifs running through my head and um yeah I've signed the official paperwork or went through that whole process July of 2019 Mm. came back to Michigan August of 2019 and immediately started fundraising um I made a three-year commitment to Extreme Response and the Dream Center and uh joined the field in when did I go, Haley? December of 2020. Yes. Um, yeah, yes. I was actually fully funded by February of 2020 and had my visa mm-hmm. in March. And then when the whole world shut down, I got delayed, um, which was actually just God's providence through yeah. a lot of that. And we could dig yeah. into that at another time. That's a yeah. long story. Um But I've been on the field officially as staff since December of 2020. And this is my first time back visiting my home mm-hmm. in Michigan and family and friends. And my time has just been full of people, actually. Like, mm. I got to go to my brother's wedding, <clears throat> which is really, really special. Mm. Um, I've been meeting with friends and family and supporters and 
doing very minimal fundraising. Most of the fundraising I've done here actually has been quite accidental, <laughs> but so cool. um, yeah, just has been a great opportunity to have face-to-face contact mm-hmm. with people and just continue investing in rela- in relationships with people that are so dear to me that I don't get to see on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, I yeah, love that. it's been great. And now I leave today is Sunday and I leave on Wednesday. So wow. three days left in Michigan. It's crazy. Yeah. Mary and I were like counting down the days <laughs> until we saw each other. Mm-hmm. And there you were. I walked into the impact church lobby. <laughs> And I ran. She koaled all over me. I did koala you. I did. It was like beautiful. Mm. But guys, I have to tell you that Mary's joy for the place that she lives is like phenomenal. And I think it's something to just like be keeping your ears open for, not just in Mary's life, but in the people around you that if you're struggling with like the contentment of Mm. where you are, to just like ask God to stir that up in you. Like you can truly be content wherever you are. Because I know like when you got stuck here during COVID... (laughs) That was like a really bittersweet thing. You pressing into like, I know God has me here for a reason. And yet I want to be home. Like Mm. your heart had been prepared. You fundraised so fast. You like did a crazy visa thing. Like (laughs) there was like a lot there. Um, But pre that, I got to see Mary in South Africa um, the year that she was interning on our way to Swaziland with the Impact Swazi team. And I got to spend just like a few days with you there. And I just remember, you probably remember this too, wherever (laughs) we would go, Mary would suddenly stop and be like, "Uh, I live here. (laughs) I I still do that. (laughs) My parents actually, hi, mom and dad, if you're listening. (laughs) I love that. My parents came to visit in March. They were Mm. supposed to come when I was interning and then, uh, some circumstances happened and their trip got canceled and it was devastating, especially for my mom and I. Mm. And they got to come like exactly three years later this past March. And so often I would take them to my favorite places or introduce Mm. them to my favorite people and just stand there and be like, guys, guess what? I live here. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it became a running joke. And by the end of the trip, I would, I would do it, like not even realize how realizing how often I would do it mm-hmm. and I'd say like guess what and they'd be like yeah yeah we get it you live here <laughs> because South Africa specifically mm-hmm. the area of Fishhook South Africa just right by the Cape of Good Hope like is truly one of the most beautiful places yeah. I've ever seen and I've I've been to a lot of places yeah and it's Maybe that's because it feels like home now, that there's a different depth to the beauty that I see there, but it just really truly is a remarkable place. Oh, I love that. But I think that I think that's a part of the posture of your heart and your mm. eyes for Jesus that I love because people can be in a place that maybe feels like home in some ways. Oh, I don't know how to turn off Shay's <laughs> notifications. You guys might be hearing things the whole time we're on here. Um, I think there's this beauty to, even if something feels like home, I think it can be really easy to complain about certain things or not Mm. see the deep gratitude and beauty of like what's around you. But I think seeing it that way can help shift Mm. your eyes into actually accepting things with joy and truly learning to love like where you are and the people that you're around, Mm. even if they're, they feel, I shouldn't say they are, if they feel like an inconvenience or an interruption, because they're not like people are 
people that you might feel interrupted, mm. but they are our mission and our ministry. I mean, mission, our mission <laughs> and our ministry is to love people. Yeah. And I feel like you do that so well. Like <laughs> you hadn't even been there a whole year when I got there. And the number of people who were just like the kiddos at the dream mm. center, especially who are already like attached to you and your teammates who like loves you already. Like I just, it was really cool to watch you fit in a place like a glove and, and really like I feel like I've just met so many people who are so um, either wanting to do what God wants them to do, but they're doing it with like a bitter heart. Mm. Um, and they don't mean to necessarily, yeah. but like they yeah. see things as so hard or almost every time I ask like, how are you? Like, oh, I'm okay. Or like something's always wrong mm. um, versus... Like, it's okay that things are hard. Yeah. God never promised it would be easy, but because you live in a hard place, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hardship yeah. and we can talk about that too. Yeah. Um, it's not like everything in South Africa is bu- beautiful, y'all. Like there's a lot of hard stuff and like the townships are mm-hmm. hard. Like the, the spaces your kids sit in are really yeah. hard, but the beauty and the joy that you bring like to whatever space you're, you're in, I think is super profound. Mm. Um, so that's just a, that's a side note. <coughs> that I wasn't necessarily planning on saying, but <laughs> that I just, is a, an encouragement and a challenge to whoever's mm-hmm. listening to just ask God to speak to your heart about like yeah. your heart posture and the place that you are mm-hmm. in and how to love and serve well there, even if it doesn't look the way you thought yeah. it would, or if it's not the dream you thought it would mm-hmm. be, um, because God's desires become our desires when he mm-hmm. transforms our hearts, even if it's not what we wanted, mm-hmm. um, it becomes what we want. Yeah. Um, and that's the fullness of who he is versus the fullness of what the world says. Mm-hmm will fill you and it really empties you, you know? Um, so side (laughs) note, back to what we were talking about. So you specifically said the phrase, what if, in your Mm. little backstory there Mm. for a short bit. Um, and that was one of the things I wanted to talk about with Mary tonight. Mary and I talked on the phone. I don't know. Gosh, it was maybe two months ago now. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. And I don't know if you had already previously like, thought of this or if it came up in the moment, but I was just going through some really difficult things. And I feel like there was a lot of what if things coming up. And Mary said, what if you changed the what ifs into even ifs? Mm. Like even if God. Mm. Um, and that has been remarkable to the way my brain has shifted in some of these like places. And the thing is, I don't always remember to think mm-hmm in that way, but then your words come back and I feel like God's really used that in a powerful way. So I kind of wanted you to talk about that, like where that came from, what that means, what that looks like. Yeah. So the, the like full phrase of it, um, I think really only came in our conversation, but that concept has been a part of my life probably since, mm, I think my first interaction with that was, February of 2020 when I was getting ready to go to my visa, get my visa in Washington, D.C. And when I was going to be an intern in South Africa, I tried to apply for a visa and there was a lot of problems mm-hmm. with the whole process and I didn't end up getting it and had to like find plan B. Um, and God saw me through all of that and mm-hmm. was so faithful. But just having a lot of these anxieties and fears and Mm. a lot of what if questions right before I was going because Mm. I had previously had a terrible experience and I remember I was sitting in a big b coffee shop um 
I'm not sure where I was going that evening or why I was even there. I just know that I was mm-hmm. there. Um, and just felt like my brain was running wild with all of these what ifs. And mm-hmm. I, I almost called you actually, because I was mm-hmm. like, I am all alone with these thoughts and I just need someone to help mm-hmm. me rein them back in. And was just reminded of the scriptures where uh, it talks about how David goes away by himself and encourages himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And took a deep breath and was like, actually, like I could call a friend, I could call Haley right now and that would be completely fine. But I feel like God has equipped me to mm. press into this with him on my own. Mm. And so I just got out my journal and started making bullet points with every single what if that came to mind. And they started out with very simple things like, what if they ask for paperwork that I don't have? Because that happened. And last time that happened, they asked for paperwork that literally did not exist. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, just started making a list that, that started as these like, very surface level kinds Mm. of things. And as my list went on, it started to go deeper and deeper into the places of my heart. Mm. And then the last one really got at the root of the issue of my fear. And I wrote, what if South Africa gets taken away from me? Mm-hmm. And was really confronted with this fear that I, I didn't know that I had, I didn't realize that, I mean, I have control issues and trust issues and, I just didn't recognize Mm. previous to that how much I was struggling to let God be in control and to trust that he really is in control um, and that I'm following him as he's leading. And once that hit, it was this like, oh, there it is. You're the monster I've been searching for Mm. kind of moment. And then took a black Sharpie and I went over every single one and wrote, even if dot, 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 fill in the blank with whatever. So even if they, what if they ask me for paperwork that doesn't exist? (laughs) Even if God will provide a way. Mm. And then as I, as I went down that list, I got to that last one. What if South Africa gets taken away from me? And I wrote, even if God is still God and God is still good. And that just started a really big shift in my mind of holding the weight of reality with the the weight of God's sovereignty and mm-hmm. and recognizing that we can we can acknowledge reality in the very same breath that we acknowledge God's sovereignty and the heaviness of the realities that we face does not diminish the magnitude of God's sovereignty and mm-hmm. God's sovereignty does not dismiss the weight and heaviness of the reality that we face mm. and it's just ushered me into some really beautiful spaces with the Lord of inviting him close to these fears and anxieties and watching mm. him just breathe and speak truth over them in a way that my humanness can't, the way that a friend's humanness can't. He is the only one that can transform that. Mm. And then the second time that this whole what if, even if combo happened was... Um, in December of 2020, right as I was leaving for South Africa. And again, having similar fears and anxieties pop up and just remembered, ooh, 
remember that time, Mary, that you made that list and wrote over top of it and it was really great. Let's do that again. So I got out my journal again and just started making bullet point lists as Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a brain dump moment. Just as things came to me, putting them on paper, because putting it on paper gets it out of my head and I'm not so consumed by it. So I had all these what ifs of what if my flights get canceled? What if my COVID test comes back positive? And, mm. and all these surface level things. And then again, mm. the very last one was again, what if South Africa gets taken away from me? Mm. And just this like clinging to things that I thought were within my control that really aren't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, my whole journey with getting to South Africa has all been held in God's hand. Mm. And um, then yeah. again, going over top of them with a black Sharpie and rewriting, even if this is what I know to be true about my mm-hmm. God and coming to that bottom one. And again, writing, even if South Africa gets taken away from me, God is God and God is good. Mm-hmm. And just letting that be my reigning truth. And, and even if the things that I feel like I'm holding together fall apart, being so secure in who God is and who he has made me to be just brings such a peace and a rest to my spirit. And um, I've just noticed that for myself, like you said, words are kind of my thing, whether Mm -hmm. it's writing or speaking or singing or writing music. Mm -hmm. These are just spaces that, that I feel like God has really blessed me with the ability to have this outlet Mm -hmm. and, I've noticed that I have to hold space and give words to my what ifs, whether mm-hmm. that's verbally processing with someone or writing them down in a journal, because it gets it out of my head and it doesn't consume me. And it's almost mm-hmm. this tandem. I have to give voice to the what ifs so that the Holy Spirit can come in and transform it to an even if. And it's this very mm-hmm. almost transactional moment mm-hmm. where I can almost right before my eyes feel it change and right within my heart feel that that start mm-hmm. to change and That's so it's good. changed the way that I view hard things it's changed mm-hmm. my ability to press into hard things it's mm-hmm. changed the way that I see God and and his presence in the midst of hard things and mm-hmm. not being afraid to ask those hard soul questions or even if it doesn't feel like a hard soul question knowing like I'm allowed to feel this. This feeling feels true, mm. and I will bring it to the throne of my God and have His truth come over that. There's mm. space for both. Yeah. And almost like mm. I was reading in Matthew today, and um, towards the end, the, I think I read the last three chapters today, and was just so struck by Jesus in the garden and how just had this thought process of just like Jesus in the garden, I will get on my knees and pray. And just like Jesus in the garden, I will tell my soul obey. Hmm. And just that whole idea of bringing those what ifs before God Hmm. and telling my soul, like we will obey the one who is true. Hmm. And even if all this other stuff falls apart or gets taken away or my expectations aren't met or anything like that. My soul, you will obey the one who is true. Hmm. I feel like 
the things you're saying are a very specific, tangible piece of the battle we face in our minds all the time. Mm -hmm. And the word talks about taking every thought captive. And that feels like a very tangible way of doing that. Like specifically, I, now that you're saying all that, I remember you coming into one of our Mm -hmm. meetings with that piece of paper where you had like sharpied over stuff. (laughs) And truly the space I had seen shift inside of you into a place of peace after you had walked through that by yourself with Jesus, but then sharing that with me, I could literally see like from the conversation we had had before that, right. To like after that. So talk about that middle space, how besides just the writing it down and sharpening over it, Hmm. how in this like surrendering of our thoughts to Jesus and making our souls obey, how do you live in the even ifs? How does that Hmm. become a lifestyle or how has it Hmm. become a lifestyle for you? Mm, that's a good question, man. <laughs> <laughs> Might take a really long pause to think about that one. <laughs> and here we will include some jazz music. <laughs> I think so much of it in my my personal story comes back to rhythms and routines mm-hmm. where my heart is regularly connected to God because I don't have the strength to change my what-ifs to even-ifs on my own, and that's where... I've been super convicted the last couple of years to just really establish rhythms in my life where I'm regularly connecting with God throughout the day, throughout the week, and just having these um, spiritual disciplines and practices where I'm in the Word and I'm in prayer and um, just reminded every day Mm -hmm. of, of who God is. And because as soon as we sever that cord as soon as we cut that branch almost then we're no Mm. longer abiding with him and Mm -hmm. and the the power that comes from him to change Mm. those what ifs to even ifs is no longer there and it's something we can try to do on our own and we might be successful at Mm. in the short term but not in the long run it will it'll eat you alive yeah um and over time, then those fears and anxieties start to overpower. And mm. yeah, so living in that middle ground is just a, um, it's its own kind of battle almost yeah. to fight against my flesh when I'd rather sleep in mm. <laughs> or just turn my brain off with a movie and not engage with the spirit or when I'd rather do my own thing instead of walking in obedience to love a certain person a certain way and mm-hmm. um yeah it, it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to change the what if to and even if mm-hmm. um but it's a worthwhile thing yeah absolutely absolutely we actually we were talking about this last night the you can do hard things. I think there's, at least in my flesh, I feel this, that it's like, oh, I want the space where I'm transformed without having mm. to go through, <laughs> having to go yeah. through the transformation, yeah. right? Where it's like, oh, I just wish I could automatically live yeah. in the even ifs, but I like yeah. practicing it is really mm. hard. So the space where you're like, doing it even though it's hard Mm. and it becomes a discipline much like working out I feel like Shay and I have talked about this like multiple times on here probably but the like I used to hate working out Mm. and now it's a joy but it took a long time to get there and it doesn't mean in the middle of it I always love it (laughs) but I love 
what I know it's helping my body mm. do. It's not just like keeping me healthy physically, but it's burning off certain things like mentally sometimes or in my heart, like getting out this like adrenaline that mm. needs to happen or just the rev- regular rhythm and routine of taking care mm. of my temple, right? Not just so like, whoa, I feel powerful, but so that I'm actually in a, a good space in my mm. head and my heart. So these these things that we have to practice to be in a space where we are pressing in even though it's difficult mm. and doing it. Um, okay, so part of why I'm saying this is I have some friends who like don't want to practice certain spiritual disciplines. Mm. Let's say in this particular instance, like taking a thought captive, mm. right? Because a part Ooh, of taking a thought captive. thoughts on that? Do you? <laughs> yes. Like taking it captive, being in the word is a part of that, right? So we know truth. Mm-hmm. They don't want to practice certain things because they don't want it to become legalistic yeah. because it will feel like work doing it. Yeah. But God never said it wouldn't feel like work, yeah. right? He never said all of this would be easy. I don't even know where I was going with all this, except that I feel like the words you said were bringing to mind like, yeah, this is hard. It's worthwhile. Mm. But mm. just because it's worthwhile doesn't mean it won't be hard. And it becomes easier the more yeah. you do it. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it becomes easier <laughs> yeah. at, because you sense the freedom you experience on the yeah. other side of like yeah. the what if to the even if. Because leave, living in peace rather than fear yeah. is far more freeing. Um, and even so that, that's my that, I think over spiel. time that transition period, that middle ground gets smaller and smaller. It might, mm, for it, yeah. when you first start, it might feel like that middle ground is a month long process or even more. And sure. it's, it's not. It's not linear. Let me say that again. It's not linear and that's okay. <laughs> Wait, one more time. It's not linear and that's okay. That's You'll good. circle back to th- and mm. see those what ifs again and that's okay. But I, I've noticed in my own life where I used to be like, like literally held captive by fear mm. in certain aspects and <laughs> people are like, but Mary, you moved across the world and you didn't know anybody and you started a whole new life there. Mm-hmm. That was not as scary for me for whatever mm. reason as some of these other things are. Hmm. I know that's a story for another time. But the, that middle ground gets smaller and smaller. I've noticed in my own life the more that I press into this practice of changing mm. a what if to an even if. Um, what used to take me a month took me then two weeks. Now, mm. depending on what it is and, and where the posture of my heart is and surrender to the Lord sometimes it can happen in a moment. Mm-hmm. And so much of that comes through the practice of taking thoughts captive. And a couple of months ago, and when I say a couple of months ago, I actually have no idea when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I use phrases like the other day to cover all sorts of amount of time. Um, that is so- <laughs> literally my father. He'll go a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Wait, that was 14 years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was I a few weeks that, ago. I feel that on a deep level. Um, <laughs> but a while ago, an unidentified amount of time ago, was thinking through what does it actually look like to take our thoughts captive. And we live in a world that almost has this serial consumerism, mm, yeah. not just with material, but with with content specifically audio and visual Mm. I feel like and we've always got music playing or podcasts going that does not mean you should turn this podcast off (laughs) at all Um, but there's just not or the tv on in the background even if you're home alone like there's 
just this aversion to silence and Mm. quiet and I don't have a TV in my house in South Africa and most people think I'm a total weirdo for that but I don't mind actually Mm. and it's again ushered me into spaces with God where if I had that in my life I'd be tempted to turn to that first and I, I don't think TV's bad or evil. It's one of those things that every person has to gauge their own heart with and discern uh, like the context of like, why am I doing this? Um, Not necessarily what you're doing, but the why behind it. Um, But when it comes to taking your thoughts captive, because there's so much of that consuming of content, then there's no space to take your thoughts captive. Like Mm. how are we how are we supposed to take our thoughts captive when we don't even know what mm. they are? Yeah, that's good. And just having that space of, of quiet to to get to know yourself, to get to know your soul, to ask your spirit mm. questions and to listen to God in those spaces and mm. to really just be. Yeah. I think we've lost the, a lot of us, myself included, have lost the art to just be. Yeah, Absolutely. I wonder how much of that is rooted in like just the fear of if I'm still in silent, am I going to like who I am Mm, or are the people around me really going to like who I am? Will God really like who Mm. I am? Whether or not you believe in God, I think sometimes if we believe in a higher power even, we Mm. then wonder if we would be like Mm -hmm. truly accepted or seen as who we are. Um, but ultimately, at least when I haven't wanted to get quiet with myself in the past, it's been this fear of like, am I going to like what I see mm. or mm-hmm. what I have to endure? Or it's like an avoidance of hard things. Yeah. Like I know there's hard things back there. Yeah. Like a trauma or a memory or a, I don't even know how I'm feeling or mm. why. And I don't really want to press into yeah. why because that would usher me into hard places. Yeah. But being in a space now where I'm dealing with those things at a healthier level, mm. right? cyclical again like sometimes it takes me six weeks to get to that (laughs) spot sometimes it's like no we're doing that now yeah because i've realized the freedom of like actually sitting in that hard place and letting jesus love me there Mm. because i think that's a part of the truth we miss sometimes it's like jesus is always with us Mm. and he's the one leading us into paths of righteousness Mm -hmm. he lays us by still waters and in Mm. green pastures like he restores us he literally talks about himself fulfilling us and rest all the time but it's like we've come up with this conclusive thing in our heads that's like consumerism is Mm. a part of like what we're supposed to do success yeah reaching the next goal doing the next thing and jesus was not driven like that like he was restful and purposed and knew what he was doing and like what his ultimate Mm. goal and i'm putting that in quotes and you can't see it because (laughs) i think the way jesus did goals was different and that's another thing for another time mary and i have so many things we could talk about (laughs) Um, the other day we were talking and just like all these different topic <laughs> ideas came out of like things that I wanted to either have conversations with someone or like write about for my blog or things. And I literally was like, somebody give me a mic. <laughs> and I said, I will. <laughs> and I only said someone give me a mic because I didn't actually think she'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. <laughs> Seriously. So many good things. Mm-hmm. And like, y'all, this is the way Mary talks all the time like this is genuinely who she is like she's not like putting on this like super faith face or something Mm. for the podcast this is just like the depths of her heart and like the way you process is 
ultimately super encouraging to mm-hmm. me and therefore I think to those around you because you're constantly asking these hard questions of yourself yeah. to discover more of who God is not to mm-hmm. um hear me when I say this in a way that's like I think you want the um overflow of it makes you a better person but I think at the core of you walking through hard things and practicing this and doing it out loud and in front of people where you're recognizing that Jesus mm-hmm. is the one that fills you and restores mm-hmm. you even in the midst of hardship that like your treasure being in heaven and not on earth and just like pressing into those hard things i feel like at the root of that is you truly ultimately wanting to know who God is and honoring mm-hmm. and glorifying him and out of that you become a better person mm-hmm. and like that like i've just seen you grow so much in the last four years like which is interesting to say because I wouldn't have said like wow you have all these things to grow in but as we are transformed by the Holy Spirit allowing him to ask us these questions allowing him to step into places with us and challenge things in us Mm -hmm. um it he just begins to do these things and we begin to recognize that we can sit in hard places because we don't do it alone Mm -hmm. like he is our power he is our strength when we're weak But it doesn't always feel that way. But we have to get quiet and still long enough to recognize that we're okay. It doesn't always feel okay. Mm. But he promises to protect us. That doesn't always mean we're safe. Mm. It means we're secure in who he is. It doesn't always mean we'll feel safe with our thoughts. But it does mean that he arms us with himself. And that our shield of faith, which comes in the surrender to who Jesus is and believing that he is who he says he is, It says in Ephesians 6 that our shield of faith can extinguish the arrows Mm. of the enemy. It doesn't just block them. It literally puts them out. Like, God does that for us. Um, And I think sitting in hard places is one of the ways we figure that out. Mm. Instead of avoiding them, we actually engage with the battle in a different way. And we see how miraculous he is and how big he is and then, therefore, how small we are. And I think that's one of the things we don't want to figure out is Mm. how, quote, Mm. unimportant we really are. Yeah. Which flipped on its head is Jesus literally finds us so important. He came to die for us, but it's not about us. It's about him. And our brains really can't comprehend that. But in this ultimate humility and surrender before him, we find ourselves in a place of even if I am that small, Mm. God, like God loved me enough Mm -hmm. to come and save me. I don't have to work for it. I can't be good enough for it. I can't like work harder or like Mm. be quiet enough or loud enough. Like, there's the even if what if conversation right in the midst of like our our daily faith yeah. life right where we're constantly asking the questions like who am i and what am i created yeah. for and ultimately that's like found in who jesus is but mm. we don't we don't want to always look there first yeah. and therefore we end up a little uh drained and empty and broken yeah. and wondering why mm. but one of the i think one of the first steps to getting to that place of freedom is to start here Like taking your thoughts captive. And I would say fear is a huge basis for all of those thoughts Mm. that go running through our heads that can start with what if, even if we don't always start them there. Yeah. And and they can even, (laughs) even if, if your, your phrase, what if might look different, it might sound Mm -hmm. different than that, but I think can be brought back to that kind of a, place because a, a lot of times um we think we're in control and and we're mm. not we think we're important and we're mm. not and and yeah that beginning process of taking our thoughts captive identify 
which before you can even take it captive, you have to identify what it is. And, and in order mm-hmm. to identify what it is, you have to get brutally honest with yourself. And I think mm-hmm. before you can before you can be brutally honest with others or with God, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. And, and that's tripped me up sometimes because mm-hmm. I have this like this knowledge that God knows all of my thoughts thoughts and and mm-hmm. so I don't have to bring anything captive to him and mm-hmm. yes he does but bringing your thoughts captive to him is not about him it's about us and it, mm-hmm. and about that that sanctification and transformation that happens within us when we take our thoughts mm-hmm. captive but in order to do that you have to be honest with yourself of mm-hmm. what they actually are yeah. and get to know them and as you sit with them and and not become comfortable with them to the point of like, well, this is just who I am and where I'm supposed to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. But get comfortable with them of owning, this is what's going on inside my mind. This is what mm-hmm. it looks like for me being human today. Yeah. This is a, a real part of my life and my journey. And mm-hmm. accepting and acknowledging that so that you can bring it captive mm. to Jesus and watch him transform it in ways you mm. could never imagine. Yeah, I think that's so good. Um, you did talk about like specifically engaging with like the what if thoughts that are going through your mind, right? And then replacing those on purpose, mm. which is I think really replacing fear with peace or a lie with truth. Mm. Um, but if you don't mind, will you share the four questions you were asking yourself on your retreat because mm. I think those are like that's a fantastic like quadrant mm. to start in a yeah. space of like what thoughts are going through my head and like what's really going on in my life yeah. right where we are taking like a self-reflective yeah. inventory yeah um I think that could be really helpful for some sure. people yeah so Haley mentioned that I was just on a little retreat um I've been in Michigan uh, like a month, I think. I got here. <laughs> when did I get here? May 10th. I got here on the 10th of May. And um, so just, just under a, a month. And my time was full of meetings with people, like I mentioned earlier. Mm. I think, the, so the first week was just like stuff for my brother's wedding. And then I had 52 meetings in three weeks. What? And it was incredible <laughs> and so soul filling, mm. physically draining, because like that's just a lot, but it, it was, it's just been incredible. And coming into that, I knew that I was not going to have space to process much of anything. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't have time and space to rest and to just be. Mm. Um, so I took some intentional time to go to an Airbnb by myself. From I think I checked in at like 5 p.m. on Thursday and checked out at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And mm. heading into that time, like I had just come out of several meetings in time with one of my siblings and got to my parents' house to unpack and repack and mm. um, get ready. And I just, after I loaded up my car, just sat there and just started praying um, intention over mm. my time and release of things uh that just praying that like I wouldn't be um dwelling on everything that's happened the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months but that I would be able to just release that leave my to-do list mm. back at my parents farm and just be mm. uh, and 
in that prayer, I just really felt prompted to ask my soul four different questions. What do I need to celebrate? What do I need to grieve? What do I need to Mm. confess? And what do I need to change? Mm. And uh, as Haley has mentioned before, and as I, Mm. it's hopefully clear now, words and writing are kind of my jam. And Mm. so over that, I don't know, not even 48 hours, almost 48 hour time period, just really dug in in my journal with those. And I think in in those few days, <laughs> along with a few other topics and um, mm. prompts, wrote close to 30 pages in my journal. Mm. Um, I wrote five pages of things to celebrate, five things of things to grieve, three or four of things to confess along with some scripture and music lyrics um, mm. and probably th- at least three or four things to change or grow in or desires in places that I wanted to press into. That one was pretty mm. diverse, but mm. um, yeah, it was, it was a really just, I don't know. It, it had, there's been a lot that has happened um in my life the last couple of months that have made it very difficult for me to sit with Jesus and process the way that I normally would. And in some ways I'm seeing that as a blessing because maybe I wasn't necessarily ready to press into those, some Mm. of those hard things, but then being able to sit there and just, just grieve with Jesus some things that I just really needed to unburden with him. And, mm-hmm. and after I wrote through each, each one, I did like bullet point brain dumps, just as things came to mind and then went through and read them out loud with like a prayer posture and mm-hmm. to just give voice to those things was just really powerful mm-hmm. for me. I think the fact, not only that you sat and did that, but the fact you took space to do it just harkens back. Harkens. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's that a cool just came word. out. Um, it's the line 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, harkens back to God's call to Sabbath. And mm. was it this morning? No, it was yesterday. I think I just opened to Isaiah somewhere in the 50s and read like three different chapters. And God over and over again was like, follow the Sabbath and these mm. things will happen. Just like his Sabbath rest and that that doesn't have to just be a day, though Mm. it is a day, Mm. but we can take the Sabbath posture with us Mm. all the time. Meaning like I can take the Sabbath posture of rest in my heart, resting in who Jesus is, allowing him Mm. to restore me. And his word says, cast your burden on me. I will Mm. sustain you. Mm. Like period. Mm. And then Jesus specifically says in Matthew, like, come to me, you are Mm. burdened. I will give you rest. Right. Um, so we can actually take the Sabbath posture of rest always, but then not just using that as an excuse, like, Oh, I have a Sabbath posture of rest Mm. in my heart, but it, that Sabbath posture of rest in your heart is sustained by actually taking time to let God be God and to stop working for a day to set everything aside, to give back to him what's already his, allowing him the time to talk to you about who he is. And that doesn't mean that every Sabbath rest, you're going to be doing these deep soul dives, but I think it, it has to happen. Mm. I would say like, okay, my goal for myself, I suck at goals. If I'm honest, my goal for (laughs) myself was to do this like almost once a quarter. (coughs) 
<laughs> I've done it one time in three years. It's been great. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I did it once. Um, but the the space I found in that was actually super powerful. The quadrant I did included a piece that I think could be cool to add on to the four questions that Mary just asked that included asking the closest people to you, what do you see in me that I don't see mm. that needs to change? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would say do that with an open posture of hearing yeah. things yeah. and then taking it before Jesus before just yeah. receiving anything and everything yeah. from everyone, but really pray through who you're supposed to ask that question yeah. to and then allow Jesus to sieve that out with you. Like, mm. what are the nuggets of gold you want me to mm. take? and let's just say you ask three people and they each give you two things and you didn't expect that that's Mm. six things Mm. maybe two of those things overlap so we're down to like four things okay like ask god which one he Mm. wants you to work on like don't don't feel well i can't say that we often feel things we can't help don't um force yourself into a place where you're taking all that on at once or take on shame and guilt that like i have so much to change god loves you right where you are and he meets you there just let him usher you into a place of like i will bring my good work Mm. to completion in you let's work on this one thing and his timeline is not often our timeline Mm. the holy spirit will work in us and sometimes we want it done like today or six years ago but trust him to lead you into each of those spaces Um, so my encouragement would just be like, don't just only do this by yourself, but invite safe people into that space to speak into places that maybe we can't see on Mm -hmm. our own. Um, but also be really raw with that. Like don't ask someone who you consider close, but they live so far away. They don't see your daily life (laughs) or you only get five minute conversations with them and you're giving them the highlight reel. Like ask people who really know you. Mm. And honestly, if people don't really know you. Ask God to give you a person that you can Mm. meet with that can really know you so that you're regularly bringing these things up instead of, let's just say like, oh, once a year, I'm going to ask some close people to me. Still do that. Mm. But like having an accountability partner Mm. is huge because you guys can meet on a regular basis and be immediately talking into these places that I think catalyzes growth versus like we might have growth seasons where we're growing way more. Mm. Um, maybe just by asking these four or five questions, but yeah, I would just encourage people to like, take the time to, to ask God, like what ifs are running through your head Mm. and even ifs that he wants to replace them with that really come from his word, Mm. like the truth of who he is, take time and space to let him speak to you about who he is and like ask those four or five questions, Mm. um, and bringing special people into those spaces Mm. with you. Um, yeah, I, I think, think it's powerful to do it in community as well, you know? Yeah. And I think, too, don't be don't be afraid of the questions. Don't be afraid of what they're going to reveal mm, about your yeah. heart. Find rest in knowing that, like, God already knows. Mm. And, and he wants to invite you into the space of allowing you to un, unburden. So you're, you were quoting the scriptures where it talks about how we can cast our anxieties on him and, and how we can put our burdens on him when we Mm. feel weary but that takes a very um uh, it takes a lot of intentionality Mm. to do that it's not something that just happens and it's often something that we avoid and I think it's really important Mm. to to just speak peace speak Jesus Mm. to those fears of what if I uncover something I don't like you probably will (laughs) (laughs) yes And, and that's 
That's mm-hmm. okay. That's good. That's a part of the process. Um, mm-hmm. Just because something is really hard doesn't mean it's not going to be really good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, friend. We're going to end mm-hmm. this first one. We'll probably do more. <laughs> You'll find out, I guess. Um, yeah. Mary, thanks for doing this with me. It has been such a pleasure. I've looked forward to this for <laughs> a very long time. Very long time. Um, so for this first part, I bid you adieu. Do you have any fun South African words for us? Ooh. Just to share for um, fun. There's two. Both are Afrikaans. One is lekker. L-E-K-K-E-R. And it means like good, cool, chill, fun, relaxed. <laughs> uh, like often if you were... I don't know, hanging out with a group of friends um, and someone asks you about your time, you'd be like, oh yeah, it was a lucky time. And then the oh. other one is Chies. Don't ask me how to spell it. <laughs> I don't know. I used to know. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it just is like, uh, I use it in the context of saying like, ah, I'm just here for Chies. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just here for the fun, for camaraderie. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is watching my people enjoy their favorite things and Mm. so doing things with my friend that like I don't mind either way like I'm not gonna not enjoy it but I I wouldn't necessarily like choose that but I still choose to do those things because it just really fills my heart to watch the people that I love Mm. do something that they love and so often I'll just rock up for yes oh I love that (laughs) I don't even know what you just said yeah yes yes Amen. <laughs> so that's what I did with Haley tonight. I had no idea what we were talking about. That's just keep it rolling. For <laughs> yes. Well, and with that, we bid you yeah. good morning, good afternoon, or good night. Goodbye, either way. <laughs> <laughs>